Sign up for DashPass now and you'll get your first month free. Get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your next DashPass order. Just download the DoorDash app and enter code TPT. That's 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your next DashPass order. Download the DoorDash app and enter code TPT to get this deal. everybody welcome to the pastimes podcast uh each week we go through an old newspaper from a random date in history picked out by dave anthony i'm gareth reynolds and i've never seen it before and neither is our guest this week mike e winfield the great popular mike e winfield how you doing mike hey is that what they're calling me like i hope you now see you you're demurring you're like am i really doing well you're doing really well i mean you you had a hell of a run on uh, America's Got Talent. Now you're doing a residency at the Luxor in Vegas, hosting an America's Got Talent show. I mean, you've got you're to right. be like, things are pretty good. You know what? You are yeah. absolutely right. I guess yeah, things are great. But you know, when you're inside of it, sometimes you don't know how it's happening. But then when you point it out like that, you're right. Things are exceptional. Yeah. You should, yeah. Uh, well, let's slow down. Nobody said except. Let's pump the brakes a little bit. I'm not. I didn't I say know. the word except. No. <laughs> I, I, I like exceptional. <laughs> All right, sure. Uh, so you're doing that, and then you'll be on tour starting in September, and you people can go to bigassteeth.com to check out your tour dates and all that stuff. Yes, there's no um, F, so it's teeth. There's just oh, big teeth. ass teeth because people and get you, confused. You think you have big ass teeth? You know what? I'm, I think my face finally caught up. Yeah, so. I was going to say, it all seems pretty good. Yeah, it doesn't seem, you don't seem that, uh, like, yeah. it's not like a, I don't look at and you, look at that teethy motherfucker. There no, was a teethy, time. Teethy. There was a time. Yeah. Teethy. And, and by the way, Dave, uh, if people want to go to your website, it's bigassass.com. So, yeah. um, check out yeah. your tour dates. That You're hasn't doing a lot changed. Of stuff. Yeah, no, you have not That's, grown into it. No, that, I'm not caught up to that. Um, all right, Mike, so, you know, this basically... We'll just go through some newspaper. It, I think we've done as early as like 1600, which the news then was super bizarre. We've done some. Have we done any in the 2000s, Dave? I don't uh, think so. That's I too I don't close. think we have. No. But I always like to start by taking a guess as to what year. Price is right rules. If you're over, nothing. If you're the closest, you win both showcases. Yes. Um, so I'll take a guess, and I'll guess we're going to do... 1912 is my guess. Mike, you're more than welcome to take a stab. Yeah, I'm going to go with 1927. Wow, close. Oh. So we really are prices writing it. Dave? Garrett, that's pretty, you were pretty close. Really? 1908. That's mm. pretty good. I'm, yeah. I'm not good at much. I will say, Mike, I have been pretty good at the guessing. I have been. You have. Good for you. I went over, so uh, I would have got the buzz. Yeah, you don't know. No, I'm over too, so neither of us... It's kind of a, one of those weak-ass showcases, but, but anyway, here we are. Uh, it's September 8th, 1908. It is uh, the star and Newark advertiser from Newark, New Jersey. Where we met. Do you remember that? We met in, uh, at the Stress Factory, Mike. You yes, we did. What a great weekend. true? Yeah, yeah. 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 That's great that one. there's a club called the Stress Factory. <laughs> yep. I'm going back there. <laughs> yep. I was just there. Yeah. I was just there in uh, December, and it was yeah. incredible. It was great. Yeah. Say, say hi to Vinny. Yeah, they still have a payphone on stage. Yeah. Do they really still have that? That's hilarious. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, no uh, comic has ever talked about it. <laughs> no, it I actually heard that. It rang during my set, so I answered it. No <laughs> way. Yeah. You're like, hello? Yeah, it was someone from 1912. <laughs> That's amazing. That's so close to the... That's the year I picked. Uh, all right, Dave, what do we... And you'll find the order of these, Mike, can be very bizarre. But maybe this maybe this is when yeah, they got yeah. their shit together. Who knows? No, I doubt it. Okay. Uh, Atlantic City answers Fort. Fort's encomium is cited. <clears throat> That's a speech. Are you getting emotional? Oh, I got a little. I got a little. Ca- yeah, you got a little. Wow. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's Speeches do that Human. to me too. Yeah. Atlantic City, the combined committee of the Board of Trade, Hotel Men's Association, and the Business League formed to reply to the charges of Governor Fort on Governor Sunday, Fort. on Sunday liquor selling and gambling. Which, so, uh, Mike, you're yeah. probably like me. You probably have no idea what's happening. What's happening? Uh, the, it sounds like the governor made a speech about uh, liquor selling and gambling. Being his name's it, Governor I, Fort. I assume. Is that yeah. his name, Governor? Fort? Okay, okay, yeah. we're rolling. Yeah. Uh, so it sounds like he made a speech against uh, drinking and selling liquor and gambling. Is on it Sunday. true the governor's mansion was just a bunch of pillows with a blanket on top? That's what I. Heard. I don't get. I don't get it. It's a fort. It's a pillow fort. Good joke. Yeah. No. No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Mike, if I was on, if I was on America's Got Talent, the, would, how would that go? Probably you would, you would advance to the next round. Like wow. everyone needs <laughs> a governor's forts bedroom joke because originality yeah. is what the world's looking for right now. Absolutely. You can tell it's not scripted because it bombed. Um, okay. I mean, but, so he's. But, but did it officially? Did it bomb? I, I mean, still. I like the I like this positivity we have going. This is good. I'm just saying, in an, audi- <laughs> in an audience of two, if no one laughs, you know. <laughs> I mean, it feels like it's like a tree falling in the woods. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, I yeah. don't know. It didn't feel good. Well, you got yeah. you got a, you got some stares. Yeah, that's cool. That's what I was after. Yeah. Uh, uh, okay. And this is back he, when they were making alcohol. Like um, yeah. everyone was making it in their own bedroom. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. People be like, don't go in that bathtub, we're ginning. <laughs> yeah. Or do. Or do, yeah. Suck it yeah. in. Uh, he characterized the city as a hotbed of vice. So nice. as as to Sunday liquor selling, the committee states that the law against it has long been a dead letter throughout the state, and liquor has been sold openly on Sunday since Atlantic City was founded. So there's a law against selling it on Sunday, but they're just selling it. Right. Everyone's like, no, we want it. And no one's so doing has it. So has Atlantic City always been Atlantic City? Has it always no. been like that? No. No, It used to be all. like a regular place. Yeah. But, but yeah, they're pre-gambling. Yeah, totally. But they were probably still a hotbed. It sounds like that was still like yeah. the spot. There yeah. was some shit going on. Yeah, it was like a resort party town probably. Okay. Right. Hmm. Okay. So they're selling booze illegally on Sundays. Atlantic City has been frank about her violation of the excise laws. Atlantic Sand, wait, sorry, has been frank about her? Have they feminized the town? Yeah, they did. They called Atlantic City a lady. So she was like, reached for comment. She's like, fuck you. No, I don't think so. Oh, no. Um, uh, And for that reason, hopes that the legislature will not permit longer to remain upon the statute books 
Oh, they want to get rid of the. They want to get rid of the law. Um, right. Drinking on Sunday. Uh, the committee declares that gambling is practically unknown to Atlantic City's ten thousand. Wow. Uh, oh no, is it ten thousand? That's ten, ten million annual visitors. It cites efforts to introduce gambling in recent years and states that the ideal authorities have always successfully opposed them. So there's so yeah, this they're very. Is pre- See- Go ahead, Mike. No, no, go ahead. Well, it's like, so this is them being like, gambling will be fine here. So it's just like, it's like, it's like Gary Busey being like, what's this cocaine? They're, no, they're saying there isn't gambling right. and there's not going to be gambling. Right. But little do they know that that's what will define the town. I mean, why would they outlaw something that is not there yet? Is that just something very, we do? It's a very that's, good question. You know, I mean, yeah, Preemptive. That's, yeah, that's pretty American, I think. So they're outlawing. Yeah, that is a great point. They're outlawing a thing that hasn't happened yet. Well, no, hmm. they're they're the booze is outlawed. Right. And right. they people have tried to introduce gambling. Gambling. And they've batted they batted it back. And so they're just saying, look, we're a great town and we should be able to drink. And we're just talking about just on Sundays because every other day they're already boozing out. Yeah, so these yeah, people yeah. are really <laughs> greedy people. These people they're couldn't fighting. have six days and they're fighting for this one There's Sunday. one left, yeah. <laughs> what are we supposed to do? Think about our feelings? That's crazy. We can only promise that the Atlantic City of today, the most popular health and recreation resort in the entire wow. world, Wow. Will be the Atlantic City of tomorrow. Well, we can honestly say that is exactly what did not happen. Yeah, right. No, no it is. No. It's a, it's, I mean, it's America's anus. I mean, if you've never been to Atlantic City, you, you get off the boardwalk and walk a block and you're like, holy shit. Yeah, Vegas, Vegas is That's like Atlantic anus. City's gross. Oh. Yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> yeah, you're lucky you didn't end up there, Mike. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm very happy that I ended up in Vegas because uh, it's so clean hosting, and beautiful here. <laughs> it's, it's beautiful. <laughs> I'm actually hosting a, a, a show, I didn't want to announce this early, in Vegas, uh, in Atlantic City. I mean, two shows a night. It's called America's Got Heroin. And um, <laughs> it's really not great. I love it, man. It sounds like everybody comes up there all tied up. They, it's, there's a lot of tying up. <laughs> Hard to yeah. schedule. Let's say yeah. that. That sounds very enjoyable. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> Slow. Yeah. Uh, there's a great necessity that the hotels which entertain the millions who visit Atlantic City should be able to serve such of these visitors as desire such service. Wines and liquors with their meals in the hotel dining rooms upon Sunday as well as upon other days. So they just want to be able to serve booze for Every with day. the dinner. You know what? Dinner on a Sunday. Oh, that's what they're saying. Yeah, yeah, but that's but that's like when I used to say that like I would only smoke when I drink. I found myself like drinking at like three p.m. just to justify it. So you'd bet that you just have like clams in front of you all day while you can get shit housed. That's right. Yeah, Gareth, you sound you sound like you're a slippery slope guy. (laughs) Well, I'm certainly. It's been it's been a tough run. (laughs) <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry to hear that, Gareth. Hey, could you imagine going on a weekend vacation and you can't drink on the Sunday? So what am no. I supposed to party now on or vacation on Thursday and Friday and Saturday? Yeah. Yeah. yeah no. Well, you that. could do 
when I was in Boston, when I lived in Boston, they didn't sell liquor on Sundays. And so you would just have to have somehow have the fortitude to just buy a ton of booze on Saturday. Wait, so, I mean, it yeah. really just, it would, it just takes a small amount of planning probably to who, who circumvent va- this. Who vacations in Boston? Yeah, no, that's that's a really good point. (laughs) The Celtics. The Celtics are actually on vacation. Yes, they are. Wow. Wow. Yes, they are. Wow. Uh, Uh, (laughs) Hey, summer is uh, almost here, and uh, with a Dash Pass from DoorDash, you can save big. You just get a Dash Pass membership. I use DoorDash quite a bit. I'm a big DoorDash guy. It's just so easy. It's so convenient to get what you need just brought to your house. And it's great because you can order from all the restaurants in your town, and uh, it just comes really quick. No hassle, no problems. The other day I was working, I just didn't have time to leave the house. I also might have a broken toe, so I just didn't want to go out. And, uh, and I used DoorDash, and bam, kebabs at the house. Kebabs. And there's like plenty of reasons you can't leave your house. You're sick or you got all the kids over and you just can't pile them all in the car. Maybe everybody's swimming in the backyard, whatever. Makes it super easy to get meal delivery and other stuff delivered. So with the Dash Pass, the summer of Dash Pass, you get zero delivery fees and reduced service fees on all of your orders that are eligible. And it just makes it easier and affordable than ever to stock up on all the summertime stuff you need, like swimsuits, beach snacks, sunscreen, all that good stuff. Experience a summer like no other. Live your best summer with a Dash Pass membership from DoorDash today. Sign up for Dash Pass now, and you'll get your first month free. Plus, when you use a promo code, you get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your next Dash Pass order. When you download the DoorDash app and enter code TPT, that's 50% off when you spend $15 or more on your next Dash Pass order when you download the DoorDash app and enter code TPT. Don't forget... Code TPT for 50% off your next order. Subject to change. Terms apply. Oh, hey there, everybody. It's Gareth, you know, from this uh, this podcast. Uh, listen, I've got some stand-up shows. I'm inviting the Garmy, the Gareth Army, to join me for. I will be in Fort Collins, Colorado, August 18th and August 19th. I will be in Minneapolis, Minnesota, August 24th through August 26th at Acme. I will be going to the UK in September. Please join me. I will be in Glasgow, September 13th, London, September 15th, Dublin, September 17th, September 19th, Manchester, Birmingham, September 20th, Bristol, September 22nd, and Cardiff, September 24th. And then in November, I'll be in Australia. November 10th, almost sold out, I think. I'll be in Melbourne, Australia. Then I will be in Northbridge, Australia on November 15th. Adelaide, November 16th. Canberra, November 17th. Brisbane, November 18th. And then I will be in uh, Sydney on November 24th. Go to GarethReynolds.com for tickets. Garmy, let's get at it after it. Let's see you there. Hey there, people listening to The Dollop. Uh, this is Gareth. Yes, the same guy. I Listen, I have a new podcast called We're Here to Help that I'm doing with my friend Jake Johnson. It's basically a call and advice show where we don't say that we're professionals because we aren't, but we try to help people with problems that are important to them. You can listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts, and it is out right now. So go listen to We're Here to Help with Jake and Gareth. We're here to help with Gareth and Jake. I don't remember how we did it, but either way, 
fun. Half Hour comes out Tuesday, August 22nd, and the episodes will be out every Tuesday and Friday. We're here to help. Hyman and Sharon held up. This is a new one. Yeah, we started a new one. There are no christenings, weddings, or funerals in Bayonne yesterday because of the Labor Day parade. The coach drivers all took part in the parade and engaged every coach in town and many from Jersey City. Several funerals had to be postponed until tomorrow. A number of weddings were also postponed, but one couple, unable to engage a coach, walked to the church and were wed, their appearance on the street attracting much attention. So this is so, a, this is a guy complaining that, that there's all the workers are celebrating being workers and he just wants so is this paper just a complaint about days off essentially? I think, yeah, I think it might be. Okay. Because hmm. that's so far is the theme. Yeah, it is rolling <laughs> in that direction. And yeah. man, how, how do you feel postponing a funeral? Like now you have to stretch out your I mean, melancholy. <laughs> Yeah. Like, yeah, you're like, like happy yeah. to put it to bed. You're like, come on. Finally, closer. Well, back then, I mean, what about there's not much refrigeration going on, right? So, I mean, we're well, talking about an odor issue. Ice, but you're not, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. You're not like. They're not just they're not just laying them out on the asphalt. Like, they have No, nah, but there's ice. I mean, you, we all know ice. what ice does. You know the difference I mean, between a Coke sitting in ice and a Coke that's in your fridge, right? Yeah, yeah. the ice one. There's some great. disparity. But you know what? If a funeral's on Saturday and then they move it to Sunday, like I only want to go on a Saturday, so I'm not going on a Sunday. That's just yeah, I get it. It's a little too much. You're not. Yeah, you're out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look. The, so the you got to go to Atlantic yeah. City and not drink. So now, from what I'm understanding here is what Mike says is the it doesn't matter because he's not going, so it's Either fine. Way. Right. So the body can hang out for a while. It doesn't matter. The, uh, he, he's Could, the is it crazy is to push it to next Saturday? Is that possible? Can we just kind of <laughs> ice her down for another five, six days? Well, I flew into town, so I'm leaving. You know, my yeah. ticket's already paid for, and they didn't have <laughs> exchanging tickets back then. I'll tell you, the only thing I'm paying for are my respects, and uh, I'll see you all later. Good luck with the burial. Uh, I, is this town called Bayonne? That's hard for B- us to B- say. B-A-Y-O-N-N-E. I've Bayon. seen that somewhere. Yeah, that's a well-crafted yeah, sounds, word. Sounds like it. Uh, killed by a train in Bayonne. Oh, boy. Wow. That's a rough way to go, man. Yeah, the great Bayonne. Every single person that has ever been killed by a train, their last thought is, oh, fuck. Yeah. Whoops. Everyone. It was a train. Mark, Mark Rosengarten... Of 29 West 37th, by the way, we should tell you, Mike, they always tell, they always put the person's address in, no matter what happens. Living or dead. Whatever the, whoever's in the new, they're like, you can find him on Crab Street. <laughs> Wait, is this still uh, the guy with the train? Yeah, we're still, we're train okay, train. good. Okay, great, great, great. Mark Rosengarten of Bayonne, while crossing the New Jersey Central Railroad tracks at 13th Street, Yesterday was run down by a train of coal cars. Mm. He was thrown beneath mm. the wheels and his legs were cut off. He died mm. soon after being removed to the city hospital. Ugh. Wow. So it was le- he bled out through the legs. Yeah, well, there were no more legs, so, yeah. Back then, that was, that was they it. They were gone. Yeah. You back, gotta- back, only back then? 
Well, I mean, I feel like you have a better shot now, right? <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. It's not, it's not great. Yeah, it's not great either way. But back then they were like, look, Ted, you're dead. Do you understand? Your legs are gone. There's a lot of blood coming out. Is there more, Dave, to the story? Like, what was he doing That's at the train it. tracks? Was he dancing? I don't know. You want to he... know? What? Not only what was he doing, but they're like the train that he was run Ran down. Him down. It sounds like it sounds like the train was chasing him, and then finally caught up and just cut off his legs. What is this, Looney yeah. Tunes? <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he tried to run through a little hole that was actually a painting. <laughs> <laughs> that's the whole story, man. Uh, that's man, all we get man. for that guy. Yeah. Well, that's oh, cold-blooded. We I thought he was saving a damsel it. in distress. That's what happened yeah. in 1914. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, just <laughs> legs. You would think that you would be able to outmaneuver if it was just legs. Like, you're... Wait, the... What? There's another, there's another story right here that's the same story. They wanted to make sure people read about it. It's just one for each leg. Part of the f- I'm still on the front page, and it just says, legs cut off by train, he dies. Oh, here we go. Here's an May- answer. Maybe this journalist Su- was on the other side of the tracks. <laughs> <laughs> We're covering it. This is our story. So here, this answers some questions. Oh, good. Suc- suction of passing express draws Bayonne Man under wheels. No, sorry. I'm going to... I'm not great at physics or science, but trains don't never, suck. They don't suck you. No. Oh my god. The you only is no. <laughs> Every everybody at a train station, half the people die. This is died a ghost Ghostbusters train. They would if, suck you under. No, no. I just know this is vacuum. a This is a gruesome piece of artwork. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the train is sucking people at the tracks. Don't stand too close. It's a tornado. Drawn under the wheels of a passing express train by suction, Mark Rosengarten, here's his address again, uh, of 29 West 37th Street, Bayonne, had both, le- both of his legs cut off yesterday morning. He was taken to the Bayonne Hospital where he died two hours later. Mm. Rosengarten was standing under the 13th Street Bridge of the Central Railroad, then drawn under the train. What? Under the it's bridge just, and drawn to the train. So the, the bridge must... I don't understand. The, I don't now buy it's it. more confusing. I don't buy it. Maybe he that's their to, version of the Bermuda Triangle. Yeah, or, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean... It's just, like, it's not supposed to get more confusing when you find out how the guy died. Look, I, you wrote two articles on this story, and I still don't know how the fuck his legs got... <laughs> no, you know what I mean? Two articles? I'm more confused. I have more questions. I don't get it either. <laughs> all right, so, all right. Wow. All right, well, I'm done with that shit. Poor guy. Unless there's a third article. No, well... Maybe from the be, perspective yeah. of the train. Train, slow down <laughs> by two <laughs> obtruding objects. Uh, <laughs> Two obstructions. Train, uh, oh, sorry, tries three wow. times to commit suicide. Who did? Wow. This guy, this new guy, tries oh. three times to commit suicide. Wow. Uh, courting death went in with an impetuous ardor, which might have won any other suit. Uh, whatever. Sure. Rich uh, Reinhold Hartdorn of thir- 313 Ferry Street was three times repulsed last night 
and was forced to be content with the padded cell. He tried three times in a night. In a night. Wow. In a night. I thought he was taking, like, breathers in between. He was really bummed. That's really terrible. Hartdorn. Yeah. Hartdorn is 53 years old, married, and for the past 12 years has been an employee of the celluloid company. But for the interference of a neighbor, his first attempt at self-destruction would have been signally successful. Miss Mary Parker. The neighbor saved him. Mayor, yeah. Miss Mary Parker, who occupies a flat on the same floor across the hall, noticed the odor of gas early in the evening and traced it to the door of the Hartdorn kitchen. Once inside, she found the would-be suicide on a kitchen chair, his feet on a table, and a rubber tube connecting him directly with an open gas jet. Oh, my God. Wow. So he's got it in his mouth? He had to have you had got it in his a, mouth, And right? kudos to the neighbor for following that hunch. You, I mean, that stench must have been really strong for her to be like, I mean, that is so right? much gas. I feel like it's a suicide. You know what? Absolutely. And when you show up and you see that this is what he was trying to do, do you stop it? Or do you let him live out his wishes? I think this one you stop, but if you get to attempt three, you go, all right, look, I mean, you're really, you're trying. By the way, go to the train. It's just sucking people under. (laughs) (laughs) She turned off the gas and disconnected the the tube. Hartdorn had hardly been revived when his wife returned home and learned of the tragedy. Believing her husband would hardly... Uh, essay a second attempt the same evening. She did not watch him closely. <laughs> she went out shopping. Yeah. She was like, you promise you're done? You're fine, I, right? I still have to pick more up at Target. You swear? <laughs> you and your shenanigans. No more. That's you. Or I'm going to be furious, mister. That was I, the last time I sucked gas. I swear to God. Right. Good. I like the neighbor, though. She sounds really kind and yeah. there. There nice for him. The neighbor, yeah. the neighbor probably saw her leaving again. I was like, is she taking off? I just pulled a gas tube out of his mouth. And she's like, thanks again. Bye. Glad that's over. Uh, missing him from the room after a few moments, she hastily sought him and found him in a bedroom standing on a chair. This time, Mr. Hartdorn had his mouth over an open jet. What? A jet? So it must be gas again, I would think. Okay. Right. Leaving Mr. Hartdorn with his two nephews. What? His wife hurried out for aid. Oh, what? She didn't know what else to do. I would actually take the kids, but. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So. So in, on top of all this, which they didn't mention at the beginning, is he's babysitting. Right. Which is not great. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Fair. There were no Fair other point. times. Yeah. Was just like not, not no. on a work day or anything. It's <laughs> so hard to find a sitter. Before she returned, Harton had again sought everlasting surcease from sin and sorrow and not to seem to play any favorites among the gas jets, had used one in the parlor in his latest attempt. By the way, I don't like that journalistic flair there. No. Spreading the wealth of the suicide by mouth. This time, Dr. Satchwell was hastily summoned and he in turn called the police. Plainclothesman Brex and Patrolman Kiernan and Cole from the 3rd Precinct Police Station put Hartdorn under arrest. The policemen were unable to discover any motive for the triple attempt at suicide other than the what? fact that Hartdorn had sad. been drinking. 
well, mm. if, he was shit faced. Yeah, but they're also like, we don't know what his problem is. It's like, well, yeah, he's. But I and when they say arrest, that, that we think of it in today's terms of like they're like going to take him to a facility, right, or something like that. I would assume they're taking him to a hospital. Right. Yeah, I mean, who knows? They could take him to a jail. So we don't know why. Well, yeah, but I I think like in the, today's terms, I'm like arrest. Why? But you do that's what we do now. Like right now, you'd be like, come on, you're going to jail. Where we will nurse you back to health and you'll be <laughs> oh, fine. Here you go. Uh, the prisoner talked rationally with his captors, but to prevent a fourth and perhaps fatal effort on Hawthorne's part, he was placed in a padded cell. Right. Okay. Right. Good. So, good. Yes. So is. someone came and got the kids because I know I hate babysitting too. Maybe not to yeah, that extent. I mean, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You certainly like. <laughs> I've made a choice. And imagine just being like, all right, there's no gas in this room. And then be like, oh, my God, a little valve. I told you I didn't want to babysit. I told and you. And then they put, they put him in the padded room and they're just like, there's your sink, your toilet, obviously the stove if you want to make some pancakes or anything like that. I mean, nothing about the, the aunt and uncle of the kids that he was babysitting. Because that, that to me is the story. I want to know. The kids will be fine. I want to know what the parents, they're like, Yo, what are you doing? You did this again? Uh, no, we had yeah. to come back from dinner. Anyway, I'm sure the kids aren't scarred. That's all no. fine. Of course no. not. His wife went out shopping. Everyone was fine. <laughs> she went back out. <laughs> you mad? Uh, all right, well, I'm not going to let this ruin my night. <laughs> uh, okay. Man with pistol to see president. I, that can't be right. It's not a that great call. Right. I'm flagging That's it right now. Be. I don't think it's Who? great. I feel like they left a word out. Yeah, who's the president? I wonder. Uh, Oyster Bay, a crank with an empty bulldog revolver in his hip pocket, who persisted in seeing President Roosevelt after Secret oh, wow. Service Officer Adams, Adams had warned him to go back, was seized on the Sagamore Hill grounds near the tennis court this afternoon. Not long after the president had passed the spot alone, returning from a horseback ride. Wow. So the president so he, just cruising back alone from a horseback ride. Right. Which and then this guy's got that. an empty gun who wants to see him. Yeah, he wants to. But if it's an empty gun, what's the big deal? Yeah. Right. Why, why are presidents never president? It's always this leisure activity like horseback riding <laughs> and playing tennis. You know, that's a bit it frustrating, is. too. It is bullshit. I am starting I to be know. on the side of the guy with the empty gun. Yeah, I'm coming around on that. <laughs> By the way, he's like passing the tennis courts after a horseback ride session. Near the uh, money the man, pits. The man appeared to be harmless, but he was arraigned before Justice of the Peace Franklin on a charge of carrying concealed weapons and was sent to the county jail at Mineola where his sanity will probably, in, probably be inquired into. The man had a card which read John Coughlin, officer. He said he had been an inmate of an insane asylum at Walpole, Massachusetts for several years and that he lived in a small town between Boston and Philadelphia. He insisted at first that his name was St. Patrick. Wow. Okay. Wow. So he's off. Yeah. You got uh, to believe him if he provides all that information. 
Yeah. Why are you handing your business card after that? Gentlemen, nice to meet you. St. Patrick, St. Patrick, how is everybody? Just here to shoot the president, not kill. How is everybody? Was that on his card too, the facility that he had spent time in? Hello. No. <laughs> Hello, I'm from Walpole. I'm from the Nuthouse. <laughs> Hello, my name's St. Patrick. I'm here to shoot Teddy Roosevelt. This is the last asylum I was in. I'd love to go back there if that's possible. Where do I live? Well, let's just say it's a place between Boston and Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs> May I borrow a bullet? Yeah. Uh, new one. Uh, John Early, first in the policeman's contest. Nice. The Morning Stars contest for the most popular policeman in Newark. Wow. Can you imagine a time? <laughs> what the fuck? Why are you having police popularity contest? Like, who's voting for that? I told this story before, but I was watching the Family Feud once. And this, this, the, and Steve Harvey goes, "Who? what is an occupation you would be proud your son had? And this woman goes, police officer. And it was like, bing, and it was two people. And she was like, What? What? <laughs> Ma'am, that job's taking a beating. Uh, okay, so... All right, most popular. Uh, most popular policeman in Newark, the captain's bard, so no captains can be involved in this. Okay. Mm. Began yesterday, and the first ballots received were for John Early, which seems to indicate that there is something in a name after all. That's Early a voting. joke. Yep, hey, I got it. I'm right here. Relax. The winner will be presented with a handsome gold watch. Great, great care should be exercised in sending in ballots. The best way is to slip an elastic band around them, being sure to write the name clearly on the top ballot. All I want to hear. Be... I want to hear Officer Trump's theory on why he lost this one. <laughs> the mail-in voting. <laughs> All they got the these rubber bands. They're all doing rubber bands. They, how did they lose 50 votes? They lost 50 votes. All the ballots should be counted and the total placed on the top one or else on a sheet of paper, which should be... Gee, this guy's just telling people how to vote. <laughs> the fuck? So uh, did, the did early win or not? Did early win? Well, we don't... No, this is just early voting. We don't. We don't know yet. Uh, there's still voting going on, so... I mean, this really to... is getting Abbott and costello So that you're talking about people voting early for early, right? That's correct. Okay, it's a bit... You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like and a Marx Brothers routine. And then there's just... The, he's just letters from people who sent... There's just a bunch of letters. Dear sir, please credit these four police ballots to John L. Miller of the 3rd Precinct, who is our worthy president of the Newark... Police Benefit Association. So they're really they're really passionate about their voting for their yeah. police officers. Yeah, their, their well, who's going to get the watch? Yeah, it's important. Wow, <laughs> it's so ridiculous. It's huge. It's I a big deal. Think, I don't think that should ever be a thing. Uh, William Thompson's funeral, the funeral of William Thompson, who died at his home in Old Bergen Road, New Jersey City, yesterday, will take place today. Mr. Thompson was one of the best-known men in the lower section of the city, having lived there nearly all his life, was 55 years old. For 15 years, he was a constable, having been three times elected from the 4th Ward. He served as an assistant sergeant-at-arms 
in the assembly in 1889, because of his cler- clerical appearance, he was known as Father Bill and was often mistaken for a clergyman. So, wait a minute. He wasn't famous? They were just picking guys? This you know, to throw into the... Like, why is, this not, why is this not in the obituaries? Why do they just yeah. make him regular news? <laughs> <laughs> that is true. I keep waiting for a yeah. twist, but it, a guy died. Yeah, it's just a guy died. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you'd rather. Right, that's an honor. Yeah. More trouble for Sulk. New Jersey's uh, city constable said to be looking for him. Wait a minute, I'm sorry. Do they still have the obituaries now? Yep. You know, yeah, they had to have them, right? Yeah, they I, still have them. Yeah. And they had them then, yeah. I mean, like now, because, you know, like, I don't see newspapers really. And, you know, right. when you no, find nobody out, does. Uh, we don't have them now, you mean? I don't yeah. know. Do we still have them? No, probably not. Yeah, yeah there's obituaries. There are? Yeah. Is, is there a website or something you go on? or? I think you just look in the paper, and I think there's a what paper? section on, online. Yeah, what paper? The ones online, the online, like the LA Times. You go in there, and there's going to be obit somewhere, I would think. Do you guys need me to look it up right now? I mean, I, I think one paper is a fair question. <laughs> Because it's like, you don't pick up, like, the Washington Post and it's like, here's everyone who died. They don't do in memoriams. Oh, you got to pay for an obituary. That's some fuck. Isn't America just fucked up? Are you serious? It's it's 205 uh, bucks in the L.A. Times. To submit obituaries? You can get package prices. (laughs) So if you get it, if some of your family died, you can get a, a deal. Get yourself a little bargain. That better be annual. <laughs> That's a really weird what? request, too. Like, for the LA Times to know that you're like, can I find out everyone who died this year, too? Yeah, that'll be this $205. One. That's not a problem. I really, I need to know. Who's okay, gone? no. Hold on. It's even worse. I just went on the LA Times site, and it says, average obituary usually ranges from 1000 to 1500 See what affects pricing for details. <laughs> so that's, but that's to get your name in. That's to get someone's name in, right? That's to get an obituary. A simple obituary is four hundred twenty-nine, and you get two, one, two, three column options, and uh, oh, you get a video tribute, and then an enhanced obituary is thirteen seventy-five. Okay, so this is if we want to put someone in there. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, wow. How but, serious but is that? Are get, people that serious? I, I mean, I, I think with social media, people probably are like, let's give him the right video. Yeah, but yeah. it's 205 to get information for the obituaries for that year, probably, to subscribe to the obits. No, I think that what I read was old and the prices oh. have gone up. I mm. think it's... So it's kind of like my cousin was cool. No. I really want to get him in this magazine. And you yeah. pay the fee. You yeah. pay the fee to get him in there. I didn't know yeah. that. It's I like thought a PRIP. And you get a discount a... for multiple yeah. family members. Well, you're actually lucky that yeah. both of them died at the same time because that's really going to save you on the back end. <laughs> you got a my, whole fa- my whole family was killed. Well, I know that must be really tough for you to go through, but as far as financial obituaries, this couldn't be better for you. This worked out yes. great. Yeah, yes. oh, we're, yeah, we're going to give you that an element. almost 100% savings. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> Sorry about not knowing who to turn to anymore, but we're going to give you a primo obit. 
so weird. Uh, okay, where were we? Uh, ever since Saturday, a constable armed with a warrant for their arrest has been searching Jersey City for Charles Sulk Sr. and Charles Sulk Jr. The Sulks, father and son, mm-hmm. are, are accused by George Britton, a lawyer, with having assaulted him. Mm. Sulk Jr., oh, so sorry, Sulk Sr., who recently figured in a sensational escape from the Morris Plains Asylum, lived for several years in Newark with a woman, not his wife. It was because of his conduct that his wife instituted the proceedings that resulted in his commitment to the asylum. So now, he's, see, I'm a big proponent of, like, the asylum times, but so far I'm really feeling like they're not rehabilitating these people too well. They're getting <laughs> no, back no. out and just kind of recommitting. Yeah, they're just working for the check over at that place. Yeah, they're just like, you sure? You swear? What? You know what you're not St. Patrick, right? All right. <laughs> Get out of here, you scam. Uh, am I? Yeah. Uh, but this guy's, not, this guy's not – this guy's – this guy has no mental health condition. He was just—he just had a mistress that he's living with. Oh well. So he beat up the guy. The son beat up the guy. He assaulted the uh, the lawyer. The lawyer. Well, let's get back to it. Yeah. So uh, he insisted that he was sane, and after his escape, a lunacy commission declared he was perfectly capable of attending his affairs, despite his wife's statements to the contrary. So he escaped, and then they were like, "Yeah, he's not crazy." Let him stay out. Interesting. Hmm. Sulk, since then, has conducted a plumbing business. Oh, so then he became a plumber. But his story's fucking weird. So yeah. he escaped. So he's having an affair. He's living with another yeah. woman. His wife says he's nuts. They he put goes, him into an asylum. He and then he escapes. And then and the like, people running the fine. asylum are like, yeah, he's, he's all good. And then he becomes then a plumber. like, it's a hair clog. <laughs> <laughs> Britain, the complainant in the assault and battery case, was counsel for Sulk in the preliminary stages of his trouble. He has a suit pending for a claim of three seventy-five, and it is in it is this that brought the trouble with his former client. Oh, so he the guy got put away, and then he's like, "I'm not going to fucking pay you. I got put away for being nuts." And then and now the lawyer's suing him, so they went and beat up the lawyer. Got it. <laughs> It's a normal story. I mean, it's like a soap opera plot. That's actually really interesting. Do they not? Yeah. Um, do they not have that conversation like day one? Like, hey, if I go to the asylum, I don't owe you. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if they have that conversation. Yeah, that's a weird. You'd, be, you'd definitely be like, I'm probably gonna look for someone else. Honestly, I don't love this early conversation. <laughs> Hey, but what, uh, what yeah. did the dad do? Did the dad hold him down so Junior could beat him it up? It doesn't say. It yeah, really why sure. is the dad involved? Wanna... Well, the dad was the one who was put away, not the oh. son. So the, oh. the dad was the one who was put away. Got so it. then what did the, the – right, okay. The, the kid was just mad his dad was gone, I guess. I don't know. I sure. mean, you help your dad out at all? Did his dad I mean, go hang out with the mistress? You know, like – Like that? That's better. That's better. Oh, uh, that's yeah. a good question, yeah. That's yeah. a good punch up. Yeah, I bet he did. I bet he, I bet he went back to that lady. I like the yeah. best um, I like this story. That's the end of it. Sorry. <laughs> Damn it. Well, we don't know. There might be a second article about it right after. There yeah. is a pattern. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs>
know. Uh, didn't leave him car fare while waiting in the Erie Railroad Station yesterday for a train to Patterson. And that guy's in danger because he gets sucked right into that train. Yeah, very easily. Those things mm-hmm. will suck you in. Right. Uh, John Gasky of 43 Spruce Street, West Hoboken. Good to have his address. Thank God I have his home address. That'll come in handy. I'll go visit. I'm going to make him an obituary. (laughs) He he fell in with two strangers who induced him to accompany them to a nearby saloon for a drink. Well, I think there's going to be more to this story. Yeah, Yeah, well, anytime anytime there's... uh, a, a characters in a, in a news story and they're just called the strangers. It's, it's not going to end well. And did you say a, a saloon? Yeah. So that's the one yeah. you walk in and the two doors swing. That's yeah. right. Yeah. And, <laughs> and they got the piano playing on its own. That's yeah. right. Yeah. The guy has a vest uh, on. Yeah. Yeah. He's got a mustache <laughs> yep. that connects to the sideburns. Yeah. That's right. The strangers, by clever questioning, learned that Gasky had $40 in his possession. Baller. When they got... Clever, que- yeah. <laughs> clever questioning. <laughs> $40. Boom. Uh, when they got to the street after having several drinks, the two men pushed Gatsky up against a fence, and while one held him, the other took the money from his pocket. Oh. Gasky reported the robbery to the police and then walked to his home in West Hoboken. He didn't even have car fare. Why did he go drink with the? He just met these two guys and they were just like, you want to go get drunk? And he was like, oh, yeah, I got a lot of money. Forty dollars. Yeah, there's a there's a piece missing and that's the piece. Like what? Why did you go drinking with the guys? That was that was a really big money bulge in your pocket back then. You had forty dollars. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was. Yeah, like oh my lord. Here's the prize beard measuring eleven feet. Ah, it's a great start. It's just a great start. (laughs) Just a great start. Here's the prize beard. I was wondering how this would wrap up. The record in beards is eleven feet. Its owner is Louis Kuhlmann, who hmm. was born at Van Denis Nevre, France. I, I, it's amazing that every article, the people reading it were like, where does he live and where is he from? <laughs> I'm lost. Uh, oh, wow. Okay. Well, uh, on February 26, 1826, so that he is now 82 years old. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Okay, so the. He's this still guy growing broke it? the record. He must be. So he broke the record he, in 1826. So that's, I mean, that's, how is he still alive? Oh, they're saying no, he was, he's only 90. He's only in his 90s oh, saying, at that point. Sorry. They're saying he was born. I didn't, yeah. There is born on February 26, 1826. So he's, right, right. yeah, he's 80-some-odd years old. Um, he works as a molder in the works at St. Jack's. Uh, he has... That's a tough job to have with a beard of that length. What does yeah, he do? Right? He's a molder. Um, a molder. Oh, oh, yeah. I mean, there's not many jobs, I guess, that would be good to have a beard that long. I can't. I can't think of one. I mean, that thing's getting in your way no matter what you're doing. Yeah. There's Sex not any, is, yeah. Unless you Sex reach your arms from behind and mold behind you. That's tough. That's tough. That's yeah, I gotta tell you, then. that's not easy. I'm just, I'm straight up firing you at that point. Why? Get this Cut beard. the beard. I told you, make a choice. The beard or your work. 
Cut the beard. Jesus, I just can't. cut the beard. It's my life's work. You put, you're molding behind your back. I, how does it look? Terrible. You oh. can't see what you're doing. It looks awful. No. Oh, damn it. Oh. Uh, Years has, of college so to waste. <laughs> he has, so it is uh, said, been several times approached by showmen. But Mr. Coleman has preferred not to go into the exhibition line of business. When at work, he winds his very elongated beard around his waist. Oh, so he ra- oh wow, so he kind of togas it around himself. That's sexy. That's that is a hot uh, look. That is hot. Is it a hot look? That's a hot I'm, look. Yeah, I shirtless. I think it's cute. I think it's a cute look when you can do beard as your shirt. When you can kind of wrap it around yourself a few times. Okay. Like you got a like a snake around you. Man, yeah, that sound. Uh, we hmm. give your mold hands a chance to do what they do. Yeah, I can see someone being into that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, everyone's got a thing, right? Yeah, and by the way, Dave, you're reacting so negatively to it. I bet it's yours. Uh, nope. Yeah, you're the one who's like, "What? Imagine." <laughs> hey, do we still uh, call molders molders? I don't know. Because we, we automatically knew what a molder was. Well, I know from the X-Files. Dave, don't uh, do that. What? Molder no. is a fox. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Was there just a big need for statues back then? And I guess. Artwork in New Jersey? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. New Jersey was the center of art. Yeah. Back in uh, 1908, for sure. 1908. It still is. Right. It still is. Um, how many of us realize that we must walk with or across as well as over legs if we want to make progress? Wait, what? Okay, what in the fuck is happening? You have the paper. What? You tell there's us. No he- there's no headline. This is just one of those. I'm going to read it again. Just, okay. How many of us realize that we must walk with or across as well as over legs if we want to make progress? Wow. I can bet. Yeah. I can bet it all. This journalist was fired. I think he came in there with all (laughs) those politics. This journalist was paid by a big preposition. Keep sneaking in. So I got a big news story I want to do about walking and legs and just how they work. It's, uh, it's, leg, it's called it's legs leg. over, about, between, above, beyond. Are you high? Yeah, what are they doing? <laughs> yeah, I'm, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm high. I'm a bit high. Uh, watch any crowd passing and note how every man, and women too for that matter, unless one hand is busy with their skirt, swings the arms <laughs> with the stride. The right it's arm so, keeping position so, for the left leg. Uh, it's insane. It's also so funny to just be like, you know, women, they've got that one hand on their skirt. Da, da, da. You know how they are, so preoccupied with the skirt. Try to walk without this mechanical swing. Reverse the order and see what how What are we talking about? What is, or what crab-like, talk- you will progress. What? So this is the sachet, essentially? Walk with both your arms fixed by Who's your side. Who's writing and this? You this is an article? Might. It's, I don't know what it is. It's, you like, might. it's like a grandpa's letter snuck into the paper. 
<laughs> and you might last drill through after you get used to it, but not in an ordinary walk. You will feel as if you had brakes down hard. This, this may be a survival of our habits when we walked on all four ages ago and oh used my the God. same paces as a trotting horse. What is this wow. one? Man, I got to say, this paper went off the fucking rails. Yeah, all of a sudden. It's just like now it's just a walk <laughs> complaint. Let me tell you, people aren't walking right. This is when the owner comes in and goes, hey, look, I got a piece I want to write. You guys are doing great. I just got one thing I want to stick in here. You know how people don't walk properly? What? <laughs> um, this just is the headline of this is about people. It's just people mm. facts. Mm. Okay. People facts? People facts. Okay. Uh, Tugmai Pite, the son of a Filipino cannibal chief, is to enter Harvard this fall with the Brockton Times, and the Brockton Times expresses a hope that he won't try to board himself. That he won't try to board himself? So he's not going to try to live there? So they're like, cannibalism is genetic? They're like, this guy's going to try to eat the other kids. Is that what that is? Or, or he doesn't want to live on campus, maybe? Well, yeah, it's something of room and board, so it would be something about that, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it be something Oh, about- yeah. I think I think you're right, Mike. I think they don't want him to live off campus. I think that's what they're saying. Oh, they want him off, on off. campus. They want him on. Uh, yeah, I think this is the town being like, no, the cannibal chief kid should stay on campus. We don't want him living in town. Right, right, oh. right. So they want him living on campus so that they're so that, and they are very convinced that he'll be eating people. It's uh, it's inherited. Right. Yeah. Oh, you want okay. him eating at the cafeteria. That's right. You know, um, you know, no, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 yeah, yeah I would look if there was like, if a cannibal's kid lived next door to you, you know, you'd kind of be like, I mean, I don't love it. It's not great. You know, I mean, you'd be like, I definitely want to like, I will give him the benefit of the doubt, but you're already on eating other people probation in my book. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, now you're, now you're you know, in the same class with the cannibal kid. You know, yeah, and you're yeah, supposed right. to just focus on you? algebra. Right. I yeah, he's behind you and you're just kind of touching your neck like, oh, God, I feel like, you know, sorry, I thought you were fighting. Never mind, nothing. Watching him eat ribs in the cafeteria. <laughs> like, Not yeah. good. Don't cook it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, his, if you don't see his roommate for like a day, you know, you're totally like, oh, my God, for sure. He did it again. He did. He's up to, what do you, we told, we warned you. That's what his father did. Mm, look at these juicy legs on these train tracks. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, no. No, no. Oh, that wasn't suction. The animal kid pushed him in. Uh, so good. Uh, this headline is just of casual concern. Sure. A monkey in the zoo at DeSoto Park, Rome, Georgia, is entitled to the degree of MD, according to his keeper. So, I medical. agree. Yeah, yeah they, he okay. should have yeah. like... No, the, yeah. you, you should just let he monkeys have get sick care? and... Yeah. yeah, monkeys should have medical care. Wait a minute, that's, yeah. that's what just happened? He's allowed yeah, to that's what just so, happened. Yeah, yeah. One of the monkeys in the cage swallowed a marble. 
Right well, now, I don't I'm gonna, let's let's talk about who's in charge of the cage because it feels like they're not doing a great job when they're leaving marbles behind for the monkey to ingest. There's other places to play marbles. Yeah, that's a dangerous place. I mean, monkeys could be quite violent, but okay. Uh, it had the presence of mind enough to suspend itself from the tail and hang head down in an effort to let the marble drop from its throat. And falling, it called for help in the Simeon language, and one of its brothers responded. The doctor rammed his slender arm down the affected one's throat and extracted the marble. The relieved sufferer seized the marble from the doctor and threw it from the cage with all its strength. Wow. So... They, so the monkey ate the marble, and then they're like, yes. in Simeon, he shouted for his brethren, and he hung himself upside down trying to get the marble to sort of mouse trap out of him. And then the mm-hmm. doctor came, and he jammed the fist through the monkey throat, yanked the marble out, wow. and the monkey saw the marble, and he threw it because he was like, don't eat those, in his like, now you're little saying, Simeon. Now you're saying, you're saying doctor, but it's not a doctor. It's a monkey. The, the zookeeper. No, it's the monkey. Wait a minute. Whoa, whoa. Another who, monkey who, did it? The monkey jammed. One is the monkey's name Doctor? What? Yeah. What? Well, they're calling, they're calling the doctor, they're calling the monkey that pulled the marble out a doctor. Doctor. But he's just, right. But he's maybe, just another monkey. Maybe that monkey should be a doctor. If it's able to it. go inside another monkey's throat and save his Thank life. Thank you. Jamming an arm th- down his throat. It, it, has more right to be, it has more right to be a doctor than Dr. Phil. Is this what we're saying, that monkeys should be allowed to do surgery? Well, I'm not going to push back. I like it. <laughs> I'd watch. Really smart. I'd watch. That is a really smart, I mean, that is really smart. So that the is two incredible. monkeys together got the marble out of the monkey and then threw it. Threw it. Like yep. they cast it off. Threw it right out the cage. Some kid picked it yeah. up and ate it. Yeah, and we're like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The monkey was like, leave it be. <laughs> wow. I would love to see that, too. If you saw that at the zoo, you'd be like, oh, wow. Oh, great day. Yeah, worth it. Um, this is, again, one without a headline. So these are always suspicious. Dr. Shafard has recently brought before the Paris Academy of Medicine the tendency to malign the oyster. Interesting. The oyster, in the doctor's opinion, is a perfect food, excellent for both children and invalids in general. Love it. What a delicious... So he, he, I think he's saying they don't have teeth yet and the old people can't chew as well or invalids mm. can't chew as well, so you just let them suck that shit down. Wow. Oh. Which is what oysters used to be called, suck that shit downs. Well, I, that to me makes sense. That, there's no other... Re- like, I... Any anytime I've had an oyster, I've been like, why? What is the attraction here? If the if they were a food for the those toothless people, that I would understand. Like, yeah, and also the idea of feeding a baby an oyster—that's just good comedy. <laughs> it's just he like putting protests, a marble in a monkey. He protests against the superstition of only eating oysters in months in which the letter R appears. <laughs> Hmm. Is that a thing? Wow. Yeah, I guess. How many? That's a lot. So no January, summer oysters. January, no summer February, oysters. March, 
No April, May, June. No July. No summer oysters. No August. No August. And then you're back. And then to you're oysters. back to it. No, it's yeah, not no even summer. that. You said in with an R, so it's only sub- September through December. No, it says in which the letter R appears. It's only oh, the appearance oh. of either, either way, it is, a ma- it is insane to be like, that's the policy. Whatever but there's you know, an R. People listening are going to be so mad. They're like, how do they not know you don't need oysters in the summer? That will you happen know? too, Mike. There, people will be like, hey, you idiot. Like, of course you're not supposed to. <laughs> right. That happens all the time to us. So apple people are like, a lithograph. <laughs> we're like, what? <laughs> Dr. Shafard had his prototype in White Stable in the middle of the last century in one Dr. Williams, a local pr- practitioner, whose principal prescription was oysters and stout. I'm sorry. So there's a doctor. This is a, this is a beer is and a oyster sh- doctor? This is a really shitty sentence, but it's basically saying that there's a local doctor who's main prescription for people was to have oysters and really thick beer every time yeah just like no you you recommended that last time well i really think you should probably try some thick beer and some oysters if you try yeah no it's it's like it's cancer so i feel like well i think we can oyster and stout our way out of this one probably he had how much stout were you drinking you only, you only, only oyster and beer shop in town, though. And that, it, because I love to provide medicine to the people. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to write you a script. I want you to eat about two dozen oysters a day and then wash that down with stout. I think you've been feeling pretty good in no time. Go to the pharmacy. <laughs> That's a, it's a bar. It's an oyster All right, bar. go there. Just look, shut up. Eat the, it. Eat the, shut, listen, I'm trying to save your life. It's called Dr. William's Oyster House. Go Well, what do you want? It's going to save you. Try. It's going to cost me a lot of money. Mm-hmm. A lot of clams. I'll see you later, everybody. The doctor was looked upon as a success and was very popular. Of his course portrait, he was. His... Of, co- you, of, course, Zach, of course he was. <laughs> he never recommended surgery or medicine. He was like, you just need to go to the bar for the afternoon. They're like, he's unbelievable. He's a really good doctor. And doctor, why are you drinking too? <laughs> <laughs> it's called preventative. <laughs> his portrait in, in oil presiding at the punch bowl adorns the dining room of the so if you're a doctor and your picture hangs in the punch bowl you're like i've really made it (laughs) i mean if you're a doctor and your picture was in margaritaville you're like look what do you want i'm a health conscious doctor it's pretty cool it's awesome everything cooperative cooperative meals is the cry of women connected with the practical housekeeping association of new york and they're trying to teach the poor that it is very foolish to have six cook stoves burning up coal or gas or old boxes when one would do the work and save the expense of fuel. How much were they cooking? They're six. cooking like restaurant grade meals? Six, six. burners? So we've six really burners. scaled it back on a burner economy. Well, they had that's a, crazy. They had a big family. You know, back then there was no yeah, contraception. Yeah. yeah, but have you? That's very fair. But a lot of them pass away. Don't forget that. Yeah. But yeah. then, but all like, have you ever? I've never had all four burners going at the same time. 
No, oh, that's, it just uh, seems that's a holiday. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah exactly. Holiday, yeah. yeah. Uh, likewise, it it is foolish for six women to work over the stove when they might do it in one day in the week instead of every day. <laughs> so. I- Okay. So, so so they are saying basically it's like a co-op essentially, right? Yeah, that's what it sounds like. Yeah, cooperative and meals. They, that's and they're saying they're saying why not cook your meals in a day, have more meals prepped versus each one of you stand over a burner? I think they're just saying you guys don't cook all at once. Right. Was as that if a these thing? women haven't as if these yeah. women haven't fucking thought of that. Like, yeah. here's a bunch of rich ladies who are like, you know what? You guys shouldn't cook all at once. And they're like, no, fuck. Yeah. We also don't want one stove. Like, what are you talking about? Take turns. Damn. Miss Kittridge, the superintendent of the association, says that it might just as well be considered necessary for each member of a family to cook his individual meal as to demand that every household do its own cooking. There is much to be said on both sides of this matter, and it remains to be seen how the classes will accept the idea. (laughs) Here we go. Always. (laughs) It's just. Wow. This is just. Okay, I got to read this last one. I got to read progression. Yeah, I got to read it. Yeah. Okay. Women's feet bigger? Chicago says no. Whoa, bro. I can't believe you almost didn't get this one out. A dreadful alarm. Chicago! As far as the city goes, we're passing on no. A dreadful alarm has shocked women in every part of Europe and America was stilled recently in Chicago. Experts of the city hurled defiance at the founder of the horrible rumor. Chicago women in a chorus declared him to be an odious person and too mean for words. The poor man, the poor man is Professor Geiler of Munich, who, according to a cable dispatch, declares that the feet of women in Europe and America America are swiftly growing larger and that someday there will be little difference between the pedal terminals of the two sexes. So so this German doctor is concerned that women's feet are getting too big and that at some point women and men will have the same-ish sized feet. Um. Uh. Yeah. He right? he thinks. Yeah, yeah, they're gonna have the same size feet as men, which is, is terrifying. Can you imagine? Is is that what it is? Because I wondered what the problem was with women with bigger feet. That would probably threaten in I some think, way, maybe. I would guess that that to the men of the era, and probably even the men of this era, yeah, would be considered <laughs> some sort of threat. You know, emasculating. To be like, yeah. oh, I'm the one with big feet. I'm the man. Yeah. 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 Uh, Professor Geiler has been studying the sculptured women of mythology, and he blames it all to a love for athletics. And he's and basing walking. this all off of sculpture? Yeah, that's right. So he's like, <laughs> look, if you look at this old Greek clay, the feet were tiny. Yeah, the women also had wings. One guy was doing lightning bolts, and he's like, look at these completely scientific, accurate pictures and clay statues of these people. You can see women have even shed their wings. Their feet used to be dots. <laughs> Little men aren't shooting uh, hearted arrows any longer. <laughs> Jesus Christ. 
He was he right? All. <laughs> Are women yeah, right. bigger now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he bl- he blames it all to a love for athletics and walking, and mentions the English women in particular. So he He's took a little dig walking. at the English lady. They're walking. walking a little much for my liking. Thank you. Uh, yeah, they ne- used to not walk. I guess is his. Uh... It things were better when the women were still. The only walking they should be doing is from stovetop to couch. I heard uh, women in my elevator say that yesterday. They said my feet are throbbing. From all that walking, therefore their feet were growing. So this guy larger than men's, this, and this guy tried to save them from that. Yeah, this hero. Shoe dealers. Shoe Cairo. dealers. You look into a. What do you, <laughs> you want a shoe? Try you and get want some a nine. Try and get some. You need a really big one. shoe. You yeah. trying to get some tens? What do you have? Hey, 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 hey. A big one. Yeah. Shh, shh, quiet, 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 quiet. Put the money in my pocket. Put the money in my Yo, pocket. Why? Walk away. I'll leave the shoes in the garbage over there. You go get them at a different time. (laughs) Shoe dealers. If anyone finds you with these shoes, you didn't get them from me. (laughs) Shoe dealers, chiropodists. I never heard that one. Athletic instructors, artists, all such as are qualified to handle the charges of Professor Geiler uttered nay, nay, when told of the tidings. None of them. He likes shoes so much. He's speaking like a horse. None of them admitted that the trend of the times was toward large feet, nor that the athletics and walking ever enlarged this feature of the anatomy. So. I mean, he really does think of the feet of women as clay because he's like, the more they walk, the fatter and bigger these feet get. They keep getting wider. Right. Yeah. Mm. The feet, the feet of. Athletic women are just as small as they were 30 years ago when I began as a gymnasium instructor, said Otto Schmidt, physical instructor of the Central Turn. So they literally went to talk to a guy, <laughs> a fucking guy at a gym, like, so what do you think about ladies' feet? I'm, yeah. I'm doing a story. Are they getting bigger? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, they're huge. It's yeah. terrifying. Uh, that the most intelligent women have the smallest feet was one theory offered. The Amazing. Women- <laughs> <is> so dumb. <laughs> that is an incredible theory. That is. The smarter the woman is, the smaller her feet are. Oh, what? Wow. That guy was listened to. People were like, I think that's pretty smart, honestly. Wow, how'd he come up with that one? I mean, yeah, well, this guy must know what he's talking about. Look how tiny his feet are. The women of other times labored harder in the fields and in the house, and it was natural that they should need roomy shoes, said Max Pincus, a chiropodist. The women of the present used their brains a great deal more. Thousands of them depend entirely upon their mental abilities. <laughs> oh, my God. Wait, women were using their brains. <laughs> Mike, thousands of them. Wow. <laughs> A staggering amount of women are thinking. Literally thousands. Uh, There seems to be some connection with one's intelligence and the size of one's feet. For the brainy people have the most... The brainy people have the most symmetrical bodies in many cases. Wow. Just... Oh, God. I'm not saying we're smart now, but man, were we dumb. I mean, this just... This literally just goes on forever, but... uh, (laughs) That's great information. That's really helpful. 
Ah, uh, well, what a what a great journey, uh, Mike. Thank you for joining us. Hey, thank um, you, thank you. Like we what said, a pleasure. Uh, big ass teeth uh, for your tour dates in the fall, and you'll be uh, in Vegas, Little Atlantic City, they call it. Yeah, all summer. All summer. The Luxor was it the Luxor? Yeah, the Luxor, right? Yeah, I'm at the Luxor all summer, and then I head to everywhere in Florida and Philadelphia and all over the world. Good lord, are you going international? You know what? Actually, I'm not yet because I'm gonna I'm gonna do a military tour in the oh. states. So okay, all right. Yeah. Hey, I'm gonna buy you an I'm gonna buy him an obituary. That's nice. Uh, but I'm just gonna put your dates in it. <laughs> That's nice. So people would be like, "Wow, was yeah?" People would be like, "He was one." He paid for this. He paid for this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, not a lot of people will see it because you have to be a member of the uh, the Obit Club. Yeah. Um. Well, thanks again, Mike. Much appreciated. Hey, thanks, um, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Some of these days, you'll miss me, honey.